All right, welcome everybody to the first episode of The Mix Podcast presented by the Local Fix Foundation. My name is Matt Magnifico, and with me tonight... Sasha. And Cliff. And we are here to talk to you tonight about a lot of different awesome things. Um, it being the first episode, you're going to get a lot of information from us, so just uh, get ready. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight and talk a lot about who we are, why we're here, and some of the awesome things we're doing. So to start off, to give you guys a little bit of context as to what you're listening to and why you're listening, uh, the Local Fix Foundation is a brand new nonprofit foundation based in New Jersey. Um, I don't think we officially have a city associated with it, but that's okay. We don't need one in New Jersey. Um, Monmouth County, let's say, you know, and hence the name Local Fix. Um, Myself, Matt, uh, I'm the vice chair of the uh, foundation. Sasha is the executive director. And with us is uh, Cliff um, Baker. Baker. I almost forgot that again. (laughs) um, Who is the president President of A Need We Feed, president and co-founder of A Need We Feed, another local, wonderful local charity um, based in New Jersey. So, Let's start by talking about the local fix and who we are, how we got here, where we came from. Um, I'm actually going to have Sasha talk a little bit about the beginning of it because Sasha really is the brains of the initial operation, and she's the one that brought me into it. Um, and around, actually, kind of around this time last year, when I stumbled upon a an Instagram page from our friends at a shared universe, Ming Chen, who's with us here tonight. Um, called Rocktober Feast. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Ming had this awesome sticker. And I'm like, hey, man, what is this Rocktober Feast thing? And he explained to me what it was. And I tracked him down on Instagram. And I was like, hey, we would love to have you guys come on our podcast. I have like five other podcasts, the one I was doing at the time. And at the time, I'm DMing the person on the other side of the Rocktober Feast account, not knowing it was Sasha, who I knew elsewhere from other things. And we both kind of realized, we're like, wait a minute, Sasha, Matt? Oh, my God. And then so then it all just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, that, that's so funny. I can't believe it's already been like a year since we had that conversation. I right? know. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to give you guys a little bit of a background on it, Rocktober Feast uh, was kind of born out of this idea. I love event planning. I love, you know, doing things for, for a good cause. Um, and I'm part of a networking group here in the Jersey Shore in Asbury Park. And I stood up one day and I was like, hey, guys, I want to throw an awesome event. And I, I just want to see who, who's around there to, to help out. And I also want to know who, who may have an idea of a great local uh, foundation. And the next thing I knew, uh, Will Grunman from Twin Lights Brewing had said, I love throwing parties and I want to <laughs> like, help you out with this. And... That was the beginning of Rocktober Feast. So basically, for the record, I'm not an event planner. I'm <laughs> just totally not related to what I do. Um, I actually uh, own my own Allstate insurance agency in, in Ocean County, um, which is how I got to the networking group. But anyhow, uh, one thing led to another. Another member of our group, Vinny Pangelo, CPA Pangelo, uh, he actually was like, oh, I know of a great one called A Need We Feed you know, let's link you up with Cliff. And I was like, great. And then one thing led to another. And I'm like, wait a minute, this could be really great. You know, uh, Will was saying, you know, 
we could do like a like a music festival, like a music and beer festival. How fun that would that be? Everyone loves music. Everyone loves beer. And then we'll just, you know, whoever we find, we can do it. And then we presented the idea to Cliff and Anid, and he'll tell you a little bit more about Anid We Feed. But, um, you know, one thing led to another. And one day we're sitting down there like, okay, what can we call this thing? We're going to do it in October. We could do it like Rocktoberfest. But like, wait, Rocktoberfeast. And then it was just kind of born that way. Um, and then we put on an awesome event and then at the events, you know, well, leading up to the event, we were on the podcast yep. and then, uh, Matt came, Ming came, they podcasted through the entire thing, which is so awesome. And like also unheard of who does that <laughs> Yeah, that was for, like, epic. <laughs> four hours of podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing you guys had your couches there. Your yeah. Little, we had like a couch. And... It was awesome. It was, it was, you know, out in Harborside Grill in Atlantic Highlands. And it was just, uh, you know, we raised money. We had an auction, and Anibi Feed there came in strong with all the volunteers and, and everything. And then, you know, after it all ended, and we'll circle back to how we get to Anibi Feed, but essentially after that ended, Will and I were like, wait, we can't let this die yeah. after one time. And I circled back, and I was like, wait, I got to reach out to Matt. Like, maybe we can do something on a bigger scale here and do events for a good cause. Yep. And be like the event planners. And that's kind of how the idea was born of coming up with a foundation. So reached out to Matt. He got some of his friends together. We got a few more people from our group together and we formed the local fix foundation. And sorry, that was kind of long winded. No, no, that's, that's, exact, that's exactly what I wanted. Kind yeah. of how it grows and snowballs and like, you know, it starts at something small and just continues to grow and grow and yeah. grow. Uh, you know, we were talking before about networking and, mm -hmm. and grouping and how we all try to, uh, you know, keep it together. Um, First of all, I want to thank you for having us as as your first guest. Absolutely, what, yeah, what an honor! This so is very much. exciting. I'm I'm like awestruck. Like <laughs> my first podcast ever. Really, first podcast. First ever on a podcast. That's right. I, yeah. I meant to ask you that. Oh, you well, this is a momentous yeah. occasion. This is a momentous way. Oh, cheers. Man. Yeah. Cheers. 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 cheers! Momentous <laughs> occasion. Oh, we and like, a drink if we cheer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're in a very. You know, normally when we do podcasts, you know, like I said, I've got a bunch of them. We're normally at a shared universe right now, but right now we're in Red Bank rehearsal. Of course, Ming is here from a shared universe and making all of this possible because Ming has perfected the art of podcasting literally anywhere. Literally anywhere. anywhere. And right now we are at Red Bank rehearsal, and you can't see any of the instruments, but we're surrounded by instruments and tie-dye. The tie-dye stuff is just awesome. It, it is so my vibe. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so this is your first podcast. It's amazing. First podcast ever. Um, it, it just... I'm having a hard time uh, hearing my my own my own uh, feedback, I guess, in, in mm -hmm. the ear. So I'm got to get used to that. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was it was great how we were network brought together with Vinny Vinny Pangello. Yeah. Um, he was heavily involved in establishing a Niwi Feed when we had to become an official 501c3 charity. A Niwi Feed started after Hurricane Sandy as a way of uh, thanking our first responders who were here helping us restore the Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. So from Hurricane Sandy to 2018, we were feeding uh, over 1,500 people per meal for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, and the summer barbecue. Um, we did that for six years. So we were doing, you know, six, 7,000 meals a, a year. Yeah. Uh, then we started adding Christmas toys. We were doing over $12,000 in Christmas toys every year for wow. our, our children. And then we added Easter baskets, where last year we did 875 Easter baskets. Wow. That's right. I remember for, you doing that Easter yeah. basket. Yeah. I mean, that talk a about big a big production. production. Yeah. Talk about volunteers. Thank goodness we have, like, a big, strong crew and staff of volunteers uh, who are committed to helping us. I mean, we had to put assembly lines together. It was massive. Um, 
So then we go into 2020, and that's when COVID hits. Um, COVID hits us in spring, and it destroys my industry. So I, I sell restaurant equipment and supplies. Right. So I've been in the food service industry for 25 years. All these customers have been my partners, my friends, my relationships, and they were literally like shut down in a day. It was devastating. Yeah. It was like, yeah. wow, what are we going to do? And then it hit me. I said, you know what? We have an opportunity to, to save these restaurants. So we took a need we feed, and we took all the money we raised and started a mission, a new initiative, to buy meals from these struggling local restaurants and then take these meals and provide them to those in need. Right. So within a month, we were doing 800 meals a week. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Purchasing 800 meals a week. Yeah. And distributing to our children, our veterans, distressed veterans, home seniors became homebound, mm-hmm. locked at home, couldn't get out, couldn't get yeah. the food. Their busing system was shut down. The kids we were feeding at school, the Big Brothers Big Sisters. Right. Sasha's right. very yeah. involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Once school was canceled, they had no way of getting their, you know, th- these kids depend yep. on a school yeah. meal. Yeah, it's like course. their healthiest meal they get all week. Yeah. So we're like, you know, we can't let them struggle. So we found their addresses and we started delivering to their homes. I'm like, listen, we're just not going to deliver to the one child if there's a whole family of hungry people. Right. So we made sure we had enough meals for each family that we were delivering to. That's amazing. And it, it, it's interesting that you, you know, we were talking before about, the, about how COVID hit and just, you know, changed everything. everything. And, you know, Sasha and I can relate in a, in a very similar way because when we were first meeting with the group that is now part of our board and we were talking about it and, you know, our mission has now become, you know, we, we zeroed in on it, you know, your um, your cause, our events, the whole idea, Sasha was, you know, event planning for, for mm-hmm. a cause. And it, it was born from October fees and like, we want to continue doing this. And when she came to me with the idea, I was like, this is amazing. I'm This is right up my alley because I love throwing parties as well. <laughs> and, you know, and, and to, in a sense, I'm, I'm kind of good at it. But when when we were barreling ahead with all these ideas and then COVID hit, we were like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to throw parties for any organization for a very long time. So how do we now continue this charitable spirit we have, continue this idea, this mission, but find a way to pivot it so that it's it's workable in the world of COVID? So that's when we came up with the socially social distance supper club. Is right. that what we call it? Yeah. yeah. The socially, we had to be tossed on a few names. Social distance <laughs> supper club, um, because very much like you, we everybody on the board and in the group were very passionate about obviously local causes, but the local businesses and restaurants and bars in particular, and right. it was very obvious that they were struggling probably the most, you right. know, from this because they literally couldn't have people inside their establishments, you know, even with the takeout, which was great and everything, but it's still you're taking a serious revenue hit, obviously. Right. Um, so we started an Instagram page separate from the group, branded it under Local Fix, and that's when we really started to get into this idea of promoting local restaurants that were doing takeout, that were doing something like that. And if you go, if you go back and look through our Instagram stories, it's like every restaurant in Monmouth County <laughs> is featured <laughs> there at some point. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> some in Ocean County too. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I think like the whole you know, idea of supporting the restaurants was, right. I think that was top of mind for a lot of people, especially because we're like, wait, we love these places. Right. We don't yeah. want to see it. And it's, especially you being in the industry right. and like some of these people, you've grown relationships over the years, you know? Um, so we felt very passionately about that. And, um, you know, in, you know, keeping that in mind, what ended up happening, which again ties back to a need we feed, here we go, is, um, you know, I, 
we ended up getting a grant through Allstate Foundation for $5,000, Yes, which I'm very, very happy to say, um, you know, to use that towards a need we feed, which, you know, Cliff is here today to say that we're going to work that in collaboration with uh, with Woody's. Woody's, right, in Tinton Falls. With Woody's in Tinton Falls. And so we're looking to expand, because a need we feed caters to so many different, like, towns and you know, in places in, you know, in Ocean County, Ocean County some, right. on Monmouth County. But the the goal was to try and, and support grow. and grow and uh-huh. support some, some restaurants in Monmouth County. So we're really excited to say that we're going to use that money, right? You're right. going to use that money towards Absolutely. Woody's. And it's like our first step. Yeah. Our first step into, into Monmouth County. Our first growth into Monmouth County to partner with Woody's, which is a great restaurant. He's been around forever. I know the chef Glenn very well. Um, so they're very reputable rep- a restaurant that, again, in Tinton Falls, are struggling. Yeah, they they're are. struggling with their outside dining. Um, they're very limited. Sure. You know, you see some of these restaurants that are doing well, and it breaks my heart. Like, I'll talk to them. Cliff, we're doing great. We're almost up to 50%. I know. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're excited? Because you're almost up to 50% of what you used to do. Yeah. Is that, it, it just sometimes is just numbing. I know, sure. it's really jarring when you think about it. I, I have a couple of friends that manage restaurants in Asbury Park, and they're, you know, they're they're thrilled right now because it's you know they're 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 packed every night, mm-hmm. um, but still it's it they're packed but it's a quarter or a third of what they would normally have because of the limited space they have outside. Right. And what's scary about a restaurant is, summer season is when they put away their their nuts. They squirrel away their little nuts to get them through winter. Mm-hmm. You know if we're not in October November, right. and if we're not even close to any type of indoor dining, and we didn't put enough money away through the summer, how are these restaurants going to survive through winter? October, November, December, right. January, February, March. Exactly. It's going to be a long winter. Yeah. So it's really amazing to know, like, the idea you guys came up with. It's to purchase meals. Right. And, you know, and support the cause and help the restaurants and help other people. I think that's... that's it definitely created a lot of excitement. It's a win-win. That's a win-win-win. win-win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win-win. That's a win-win-win. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, for, for, you know, a need we feed for in terms of, like, awareness that, you, you know, you guys exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the good work that you're doing in the restaurants and all thank the you. people that benefit. So thank I mean, you. They, really. They yeah. appreciate it. When we started doing this uh, early in spring, uh, we actually had a restaurant that called us. So we, you know, buy the meals for about $8 a meal. So we bought 100 meals from this restaurant for $800. He called me almost in tears. He goes, wow. Cliff, if it wasn't for that, I would have done $26 in sales. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. For the whole day. Yeah, the whole wow. day. How does a restaurant survive on $26? In yeah. sales. How are you going to pay rent? It doesn't pay anything. How do you pay anything? Yeah, it doesn't anything. pay anything. Right. Yeah. You can't, yeah. And think about how much a single restaurant supports a yeah. restaurant, just their employees, mm-hmm. utilities, vendors like myself, yeah. food vendors, produce vendors, alcohol vendors. Yeah, there's so many downstream impacts that people don't really consider when you think about what else is being supported by restaurants and just a lot of local businesses in general, you know, especially the restaurants that, and there's a lot in Monmouth County that partner with um, local farms, you know, so buying products from them, a lot of farm to table type stuff, produce, exactly. And it's, you know, when they're not buying those products, they're, those farms and those vendors are just as equally impacted. And it's, it's crazy. Local breweries. Local breweries. It's it's amazing. The snowball effect on, on the, how the restaurant industry impact so many other businesses so it's very important that uh, it's very passionate to me because it's my career it's my livelihood Mm -hmm. these are my friends i've grown up with you know i mean they're 
my wife chose it. Most of my yeah. friends are these restaurant people. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's very personal to me. And, and it, it made me very proud that we were able to find a way to help and support and, and give them a, a lifeline to get them through to hopefully, you know, and then we are preparing now for the second wave. Right. We're anticipating, you know, now with the schools talking about not reopening. Right. right. You know, there's a lot of fear out there again. Sure. Um, you know, I, the American Legion reached out to us again saying, hey, Cliff, the veterans are going to probably need meals again. Right. Um, and it, it's, it was, you know, there's a couple moments that really hit you. So one of, the, one of the, the leaders from the American Legion says, Cliff, you know, the impact of your meal is a decision for a veteran either to feed himself or buy, like, his medication. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Like, to be, to make, have to make a decision like that. I don't know if I want to eat tonight or if I want to buy the medication I need or, or food I need. Like, oh, so just, you know, and it's a shame that's a veteran that yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. A veteran, someone yeah. that served our country. Right. You know, and, and that's where, again, it's for me. I, I served in the Navy from 1986 to 1992. Right. So well, thank that, you for your service. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, again, it's like a, a, another win-win for me that I'm not only supporting my current industry of restaurants, I'm thanking my veterans, you know, who I served with and served before me. This is super deep for you. Yeah, on so many on so many oh. levels. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, and and I think that you uh, you have a pretty cool story about how a need to be feed like actually got started, if I recall, right? Yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> so, at the time, um, my life went 180. I uh, I was married before. Um, she left our house. So it was myself and my two children home. She walked out of the house. So I was home alone trying to raise my two children now, manage a house, manage my career, manage everything. It was hard. It was killing me. Um, my, ch- my, my daughter was getting ready to start her senior year of high school. So she was devastated. My son was younger, seventh, eighth grade. So I had to drive him around everywhere. I was going all different directions. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Probably around October, November is kind of, you know, early October is kind of like, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Yeah. Then Hurricane Sandy hits. And I look up. I'm like, okay. Like, wow. That was an eye opener. Like, my life's not that bad. Things are a lot worse out there. Right. People just lost everything. Right. So I said, you know what? Time for me to pick myself up. Enough with the pity party. Enough feeling sorry for myself. Let's turn this around. I have an opportunity right now. I said, let's get back to work. Let's get back on my feet, go into one of my local restaurants, walk in there, and I see two young military kids. I said, wow, fresh cut haircuts. I said, it's so <laughs> obvious. They're brand new, rookies, lightweights. I'm like, look at these two. And they were lost, sitting at the end of the bar, didn't know what to do. I said, I remember that feeling. Yeah. I remember being out of place, not knowing you know, where I was, not really belonging anywhere. I said, let me go introduce myself, say hi, welcome them, you know, come on in, you know, sit down, what do you guys want to do? And uh, we start talking, and I said, you know what, Thanksgiving is a couple weeks away, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have no plans, we're from Kentucky. I'm like, what? You have no plans? I said, you do now. They were from Kentucky? They were from Kentucky. Wow. They were called up here to uh, yeah. Seaside, Tom's River, to help yeah. restore the Jersey Shore. They brought in military, wow. first responders, everything. So these two young kids were from Kentucky. I said, you have no place to go? I said, you do now. You're coming to my house. I said, you guys are going to come to my house. I'm going to host Thanksgiving dinner for you. I said, as a thank you for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I said, there's, there's a bunch of us over here. I said, who's ever over there? You tell them <laughs> oh they're coming to my house <laughs> for Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, he didn't know. 
They said, Cliff, there's 350 of us. I was like, what? You got to be kidding me. So I said, I said no problem, guys. All the we turkeys got this. at ShopRite. <laughs> I, I left the restaurant. I went running out. First person I called was Chef Mike from Lank Barn Grill. Yeah. I said, Mike, I just committed to 350 people. What am I going to do? Mike, we got this. No problem. So Mike had just opened up 709 in Point Pleasant. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. So he had a falling out over there, and he was on his way back to reopen Atlantic Bar and Grill. Hurricane Sandy yeah. hits. He can't get yep. over there. So right. he was out of work for a couple of weeks. I said, Mike, do you mind helping me? No problem. Calls in all his food vendors, gets turkeys donated. Mark Blackwell from Stop and Shop was a friend of mine from high school. He gets all Stop and Shop to donate turkeys. In my house, we had 50 turkeys, <laughs> oh my 400 God. pounds of potatoes. It was amazing. So once we put it on Facebook that Chef Mike was helping me prepare this dinner, yeah, chefs were calling me, Cliff, I don't care what I do next to Chef Mike. I don't care if I'm peeling potatoes, whatever it is, <laughs> please put me in the kitchen with Chef wow. Mike let me help. The house was packed. I had like 50 volunteers packed in this little house. That's amazing. Not, no commercial equipment at all. Yeah, Just yeah. a basic stove. Yeah, you got four burners <laughs> four and burners. one oven. <laughs> I mean, I got people on top of each other, but we made it work. So we had a, wow. a tent rental who came out and gave us tables and chairs, uh, a tent. We set up the garage like a big buffet. Mike got all the volunteers together. We started, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. Three seatings, boom, 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 boom. We get the call. Yeah. The volunteers were not, um, I'm sorry, the first responders were not allowed to cross over the Seaside Bridge into Tom's River. Why? Because of all the looting and rioting that was going on in Seaside. Oh, really? They had, the, the military had to shut the bridge down, and only first responders were allowed to go into the island. Yeah. No one was allowed to come out. So oh, wow. Like, what are we going to do now? <laughs> so one of our volunteers worked for the Tom's River Fire Department. He goes, Cliff, I could get a fire truck. Goes downtown, gets a fire truck, brings it into our cul-de-sac. This big hook and ladder into our cul-de-sac. I'm like, this is crazy. Volunteers, let's go. We got to-go containers. Volunteers get on the line, packaged everything up, put in containers. The fire truck was allowed to cross the Seaside Bridge because it was a first respond vehicle. Yeah. And they crossed into Seaside and they made the deliveries. You're like wow. food smuggling, like food yeah. smuggling, <laughs> right? So the the first Folks, responders this is how were you do it. thrilled <laughs> because they had gotten food donations, but it was all cold food. Mm -hmm. But they had no power over there, so they had no right. way of reheating the food. Yeah, we brought them a hot meal, That's first hot meal. So the fire truck comes back. Then we load them up with pies. They go back with dessert, ice cream, milk. I said, "This is it. This was awesome. This is how we got our delivery started." So we did Seaside for Thanksgiving. Manilokan and Brick here is what we did. It says, hey, do you guys mind? We have a bunch of first responders here. Do you guys mind helping us for Christmas? I'm like, yeah, but there's no way I could do this out of my house again. <laughs> I said, we, we're about to explode just yeah. doing Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I was at Cafe Italia and Aqua Blue, which is two, yeah, yeah. two mm -hmm. of my long, long-time customers. Kathy overhears the story. She looks at me. She puts the keys in my hand. Yeah. She goes, Cliff, use my restaurant. She goes, Cliff, Christmas, the restaurant's yours. It's amazing. Gives me the keys to open up a restaurant, let 100 volunteers into her restaurant, lets us cook, prepare the meals, and get them, get them delivered. Like Kathy. That's incredible. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, we talk about the networking and, and, and things like that, but it's just amazing when you do something good and people want to help. When yeah. You, you, find, you know, when you find those who want to help and support, 
it, to me, it's like so humbling. It's so humbling that, you know, we're doing something good, but when you see people who want to support it, you know, mm-hmm. you guys now yeah. wanting to support us, wanting to be a part of our team. Like, to me, that's like the greatest honor that I'm doing something you guys want to get behind and you guys want to help and want to support. Like, I love leading that. Right. I love being the face of that, that there's someone who wants to get behind what I do. Like, it's just, it's the greatest honor. It's amazing. It's, it's just. I have chills right now. Like every time, and you're wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah, even colder now than I was before. No, I mean, yeah, the stories like that are just, and and and, and so from there, like it just took off from there, right? Like that's well, so not to end on a bad note. So, so my personal life, you know, was still suffering for 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 years. Um, And Anivi, what better distraction? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Anivi fee was a great distraction, but we were kind of stumbling along. You know, we we really wasn't getting momentum. You know, I had to try to figure myself out. Um, and I was fortunate enough to find Terry, who became my wife. Mm-hmm. And it was ironic how around that time of meeting her, that a need we feed was able to get organized, filtered, and, yeah. and, and structured. And what helped was Terry supported me. Right. Terry supported me. She gave me a base. She gave me support to let me expand and move and focus on this. She gave me a solid home. You know, it's, it's amazing how you can see a difference of a home that has trust yeah. compared to a home that doesn't. Absolutely. You know, my ex-wife had an affair and was actually fooling around for two years while we were still together. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, people look at me now, hey, dumbass, what were you <laughs> no. doing? Like, you know, how did you not notice that? How did you not see it? Like, no, hey, hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm the first one that would be falling into that trap, too, because I'm busy with so many other things. I would not... <laughs> Right, but you know now you look back, you're like, oh, yeah. I, just, uh-huh. I saw this sign, I saw this sign, I yeah. saw that sign. Right, um, and it affected my life, not even realizing it. Sure. Yeah, and of course. The lack of trust, just you know, when you don't have a strong foundation at home, you know, I I, I say that all the time about life in general. Yeah. That you need a strong foundation, which is your faith, your family, and and you can't build unless you have that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. The the millennials here will probably say just, you know, nothing but good vibes, but that's pretty much <laughs> the same thing. I, I totally agree. I mean, when we, you know, when, when Sasha reached out to me, um, you know, so, so first of all, I, I want to say that I'm hoping that uh, – Let's call it two years from now because like twenty twenty is like a you know, just a, a delete year, you know. So let's call it let's call it two years from now. I'm hoping that, that Sasha and I and Will and all the other members of um of the board of the Local Fix Foundation will have a story that awesome because I remember feeling that same way when Sasha texted me about she was like, Hey, do you like like you know, Will and I have been talking about this with like like she was saying, we want to keep October Feast going, we wanna make it into a a thing and we had we had breakfast on like a Tuesday morning the three of us and we were talking about it and I was like yeah I think I know a couple of people that would be interested and they knew a couple of people too so I called a few of my friends actually I, I put a blast out on Facebook and I just straight up I was like hey if anybody's interested in some nonprofit work you know uh, DM me and and there were two there were two people that I had in mind two friends I've known forever and they were the two that actually DM me so it was like kind of cathartic in a sense um, but so yeah anyway I say I'll let to say that I'm hoping that a couple of years from now we can have a story like that where like everything just clicks and you have that real moment because I feel like we're on the way to that and it we have such a good group and it feels like we're we're really on the way to doing something special and being able to partner with your organization and just everybody else that we've been brought into this I'm very excited about it. Yeah, no, 
the feeling's mutual for sure. And it, you know, being a nonprofit, you can't fake it. It has to be, it has, has to gotta be, be real. It has to come it has from the right real. place. Yeah. It has to be passionate. And I'm at, you know, you guys are still young bucks compared to myself. I could tell people almost your age or my children's age that what I've done to this point, established loyalty, I've established trust, and I've established respect. You know, once you have those three things, mm -hmm. people will follow you or want to work with you. So I said, kids, what you do now at 21, 22 is going to carry with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. I can't be a certain person growing up and expect people to want to partner with me, work with me, team with me if I didn't lead the example exactly. of someone you could trust. You know, people, especially when you start getting to the point of donations and people want to donate money and right. charities and grants, you know, we're talking some, some good money that you want to make sure you're giving it to someone you could trust and believe in is going to use it for the right reasons and the right purposes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something I take a lot of pride in in my life. I've established at this point because of the example I've left, you know, for my life. Right. The example I, I've led to get to this point. Um, and that makes me very proud. And you should be. And I think I think it definitely shows because, you know, I, like you said, like, I don't think you'd be sitting here with us if we didn't feel like, you know, you were the right fit for, um, you know, going for a grant in the first place since you know we have worked with you in the past with we may not have known each other prior to October feast but you know that that's something that through working with you it was very apparent and very clear how passionate you were and you are and you continue to be and you know I follow you guys on <laughs> on social media I see all the, I know how crazy busy you guys were and, and continue to be. So I know that that's a thing. And I think it's also apparent in the impact. You've made a serious impact because I, I was just saying right before we went live, there were so many people that have said to me, I've never seen a nonprofit come through with as many volunteers as a Need We Feed did. We didn't even have to worry about volunteers for October Feast. Like headcount is usually for volunteers is usually a struggling issue for most nonprofits, and I'm sure you know this. Funds and, and volunteers, mm -hmm. you know, for you that that was a given because you're obviously leading by example, and so that's very humbling for us. So we thank you for sharing your story with us, and you know, for being here and being part of our first episode and first Perception. project, um, and being really part of the entire kind of founding process in general. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And, and especially being part of the first project, because, you know, like we were saying before, we, we seriously had to, to pivot in a big way, <laughs> you know, come mid-March, because we were, we were gung-ho. We had all these grand ideas about all the different types of events we were going to host and how we were going to do it. And we had bands on the line and restaurants and caterers and this whole thing. And we were like, you know, we were all excited about it. And like, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't really formalized anything yet, but we just had all these amazing ideas. And then it was just like, nope. Just, just kidding. You can't do, you, you can't do any of that. So we, we scrambled, and, and and you know it's a testament I think to to what great people we we've picked to be a part of this foundation with us because everybody threw out great ideas and everybody leveraged their networks like you said, which is extremely important in this uh, not industry but in this business, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, it, it's been extremely rewarding for me, and I think you can agree so far. And we're only what, three months into it, <laughs> you know, roughly. Um, exactly. So very excited to see what's on the horizon for sure. Um, very excited to continue partnership with you. Um, 
October feast this year. I'm sure. Looking forward to like. Yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping. <laughs> we're hoping. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Exactly. We're still trying for it. But. Still working on I mean, it. That's, and that's a big challenge for for us. We had to cancel our chef's tasting. That yeah. our, that's our big yeah. fundraiser. Yeah. And it's just you know, most of it's because of fear. Yeah, it's, it's exactly yeah, what totally. it is. It's exactly what it is. I totally agree. And you know, it's it, you're not getting into the, the whole the whole thing about it. But yeah, a, a lot of it is does come from from fear, and it's it's tough to manage that. It, it's tough to manage that for people, and and it's going to take a long time for people to get over it. You know, even when things go back to you know quote normal, it's still going to be a struggle for everybody to to get back to feeling comfortable mm-hmm. to doing things like that. But you know, it'll get there eventually. But It'll take time. It'll take all of us working on it. And well, this is where exciting new new innovation needs to come in place. You know, exactly. Everyone says you know you're, it's not your normal fundraising anymore. So you have to come up with new ways, new creative ideas. I think we're mm-hmm. up to the challenge, there you right? Go. We're otherwise, totally up to the challenge. I mean, we otherwise so wouldn't have gone rather started. crazy to, to go forward. But yeah, totally, that's yeah. totally that's totally yeah. our vibe. I mean, right? I'm definitely up for it. I mean, I, I personally, <laughs> in next next weekend, I'm going to a live concert. Right, it's a drive-in concert. So you, you go in, it's at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. It's one of my favorite bands. You go in, you're, everyone's going to, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it, but you know, park in the car. So it's, you know, it's the first uh, that yeah, I'm like aware of. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Through the sunroof. Like, exactly. Uh, and and I'm awesome. totally for it. You know, I, I don't care. I'm such a live music person. I mean, I, I don't care if, you know, how what I have to sit in or sit behind or where. I just want to go see live music. Have you, you gotten know? any details yet of like? No, they just said, they just gave us some some sort of high level about, you know, it's, it's four four people to a car. Um, and every car, it's going to be just basically in the parking lot of Citizens Bank Park in, in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. Okay. Um, so they'll have the stage somewhere, I'm sure. And it's basically going to be like everybody's going to car just be in a spot. And you're not allowed to get out of your car. And it's like, you know, it's funny. My mom was telling me, she's like, aren't you worried about people getting out of your cars? I'm like, no, because just because they are, I'm not going to, you know, like it's not going to be like zombies pounding on my car, you know. So um, I just want to see live music. Like I, I'm a musician. I've been a mus- musician my entire life. I see tens of, of hundreds of concerts every single year, wow. you know, whether it's local or big concerts. So, and I haven't seen one since whatever, mid-March, I guess, really. So I will just do anything to see live music right now. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing when you hear stories like in industries you don't think about. Yeah. How it got affected. Yeah. Live music, live entertainment. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. It's really, it's like, it's pushed us to think beyond. Right. Like, you know, like really outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also very interesting. It's, you know, if you really, really, I think it's proving to people, like, if you really want to make something happen, you'll figure it out. Like, if there's a will, there's to. a way. Through and through. Yeah. I believe that. And I say thoroughly. that about Jersey Shore. I say that about 100%. Jersey Shore. We are fighters. And, uh, you know, an example <laughs> sure. I talk about is, you know, the challenges of the restaurant. You know, we got shut down. So what do they do? They came out with to-go. Yeah. You know, okay, well, to-go is this. So now we're going to come up with something else. And a big pivot moment was... Murphy, right before 4th of July, mm-hmm. he was giving restaurants 25% inside seating. Yeah. And he shut it down. He shut it down. Yeah. That moment right there changed a lot because people were starting to get comfortable, confidence. That was heartbreaking. That right. just put all new fear into everyone. Yeah. But it didn't stop the restaurants. Right. They came up with outside seating. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's kind of awesome now. Well, it's in, t- in some capacities. Like, now they're just closing down, like, an Asbury. 
uh, Asbury. They just closed down Cookman Avenue, and now it's just like a free-for-all, which is like, A, kind of fun, but also still kind of concerning. Sorry, right, I, you know what? Right. I'm okay with that. And they've, got, they've closed down Broad Street here, too. I was saying yeah, to my Red friend Bank the other day, I was like, too. you know what? I was like, this, even whenever, when everything is back to, quote, normal, shut, keep Broad Street shut down. Keep Cookman shut down. Yeah, because, even right, without you know, COVID. Yeah. Like, it should still be a thing. Right. It's kind we of said cool. this yeah. works. Yeah, because what, what, what are there? People like, love this. Yeah, what are there, 35 parking spots on Broad Street? I don't need to drive down Broad Street. Shut it down. I'll park in the parking lot. Let me walk and have my fun. Same with Cookman. Like we said, it's awesome. outside seating has been outdated for years. This is what we needed. Was outside. Everybody wants to be outside. Yeah, we're cooped up all winter. We want to get out. Yeah, we 100%. want to be outside. And yeah. you can put outside seating anywhere, and people will sit there. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to be out. Yeah, oh, and, totally. and, and and I'll tell you what. You know, you you mentioned when it gets cooler, and what are we going to do if, if if it? You know, I'll tell you what. You if you put. If you put one of those outdoor heaters. heaters within 15 feet of me, I will sit outside and eat outside in December <laughs> just, if I have to, just because <laughs> in because, a snowstorm. Yeah, because a I it's love nice. I love eating out, oh, right? Yeah, like, totally. and I, I'm a, a, such a foodie. But more importantly, too, like the whole crux of this whole podcast when we're talking about, I, it's very important to me and everybody here I know to support local businesses. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that work in, in local businesses, not just restaurants, but local businesses in general, and that is the cornerstone of any community economy and the community economy feeds into the state economy and so on up the line and to me it's the most important thing possible and my wife sometimes yells at me she's like you know well you should you should cook at home and i love cooking but you know when when the outdoor dining first opened up i had i had stacked reservations monday tuesday wednesday (laughs) thursday friday at different restaurants and the the restaurants were getting sick of of hearing from me because as soon as murphy was like outdoor dining i'm calling all the restaurants i want to go like well we haven't figured it out yet but put me down put me down i I, I, I will be there put me down so so yeah so it's very important to me it's very important to all of us and you know i'll be there (laughs) just give me some sort of a little bit of warmth, and I'll be there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm grateful for this, but I'm grateful for you know, the fact that we are trying to make it work. The mm-hmm. people who want to make it work will try to make mm-hmm. it work, and for you know, everyone on our board who's like on board with helping to support the community in any way that we can, and for you know, foundations, you know, like, like you and and need we feed, it's really awesome to know that that's here i'm not from the jersey shore originally so it's really awesome to Where know that from? i'm from like princeton like mercer county area so like oh. central west jersey don't no, me <laughs> but you know i'm never leaving the jersey shore so there's i've become attached to it um so um but i think you're right from the few years that i have been here jersey shore people are definitely fighters survivors, mm, survivors. and uh it's it's um it's an it's an honor to like be working with people who who care and right. it's it's really really um I think it's opportune and perfect that you're our first guest yeah really thank you and yeah. I love that it's your first podcast yeah. too. that makes it much more That's the best much part. more and and even cooler too. I have all this swag yeah, that I'm going home with right now I, know. I was literally like just saying that I needed a new one of these what, what would you call them it's a tumbler a tumbler thank yeah. you it's like a thermal this is good for hot and cold hot and cold yeah good because the one that I've been using for the last six years is starting to get a little crusty so <laughs> I needed a I needed a new one and I'm very excited about it um, but so yeah like Sasha said I think having you as our first guest was 
perfect and it was awesome. I very much thank you for your time. I'm very excited about it. Sasha, thank you for joining on the first episode of The Mix presented by the Local Fix Foundation. For anybody that's wondering, you will get an opportunity to meet the rest of the board because we're going to be rotating members of the board throughout all of the different podcast episodes. There's a lot more to come, a lot more fun, um, a lot more guests, a lot more laughs, serious talk, all the good stuff. Um, Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you again, Sasha. Thank you again, Cliff. Thank you for having me. Are we going to do the freeze frame like we talked about? 